It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. 49ers Web Zone, No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey Network. I am Al Sacco. He is Brian Reddick. If you like the show, subscribe. Even if you don't like it, subscribe. If you just think we say a bunch of stupid shit, subscribe and see what stupid shit we're going to say next. Brian. That's always entertaining. It's all, well, always entertaining. You can hate follow us if you want to. If you just want to listen because you hate us, go for it. We, we, we appreciate it. it all the same. Do it. And I'm sure, I'm sure there are some people out there who, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of sick of hearing us talk. That's okay. Brian, the 49ers, right? We felt good, real good, after last mm-hmm. Thursday at 3-0. and After this weekend of football, and week three is in the books, I feel even better about where this team stands, not only in the landscape yeah. of the NFC, but in the NFL. Yeah. You know, we're, we're coming off a Monday night uh, doubleheader, the second one in a row. Weird. Don't know what's going on there, but I believe this is the last one. And... There were two teams participating uh, in Monday night that a lot of people had pegged for postseason play, and that was the Bengals and the Eagles. The Eagles handled Tampa Bay pretty, pretty easily, uh, and won won their won their game there. And then the Bengals, who no one expected to be in a must win situation in Week Three on a Monday night football game against the Rams in a Super Bowl rematch and they gutted out uh, a win against a scrappy Rams team uh, to get to one and two so that they don't start zero and three. But, you know, this was a, a weekend where I feel like we, we learned a fair amount about kind of where, where teams are, you know, it's still week three. There's not, I don't think you can make grandiose statements, but there's only three undefeated teams in the NFL left. And it's the 49ers, the Eagles and the dolphins at three and Oh, so yeah, absolutely. I feel outstanding about where our Niners sit right now. And so I know, you know, you and I are going to kind of go through some of the storylines from Sunday and Monday, I guess, uh, and kind of just look how that relates to the 49ers or whether it's 49ers adjacent. And uh, it's just a fun time to be a 49ers fan. It really, really is. And I think Brock Purdy is starting to gain more and more respect each week that he goes out and and he performs the way that he does. It's also learning, earning a lot of hate, which I feel like is oddly a positive because it just means that, you know, other, other fan bases are, are super jelly and, uh, and, and they wish they wish they were in our position. You know what made me really appreciate Purdy this weekend? And I, we won't turn this into a Purdy thing. We may talk about Purdy a little more later, but this is just something I was watching where I was like, his calm and his poise. This is where I appreciate it. The Chargers-Vikings game where I wish both of those teams could, could have lost. The Chargers are going for it on fourth and one from their own 24, whatever it was. And With a fullback Try guy. to run the ball. And, oh, my God, they're going to lose. But then there's no timeouts left. And Vikings get a completion down to whatever it was. They're inside the 10-yard line. Mm-hmm. Tick, 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 tick. They just had to go down and clock the ball, regroup. I think it was inside the 10. I don't know. It was like in the red zone. Anyway, it was the red clock zone, yeah. the ball, regroup, run the play. You got plenty of times, but Cousins is just pointing to his helmet and hitting his helmet. Looked like he's panicking. The clock gets down to 13 seconds. 
hikes the ball, tries to force pass, interception, game over. Instead of just clocking it, everybody calm down, let's get our play. Those are the type of things you don't see Brock Purdy do. Brock Purdy do. Brock Purdy is yeah. always cool. But Brock yeah. Purdy is always calm, and that really made me appreciate him. And, you know, Brian, one of the teams that I keep talking about are the Cowboys. You know, after the first yep. couple of weeks, I thought they looked a lot better to me. I thought the defense was humming. I like the addition of Brandon Cooks. I like Tony Pollard being in a bigger role. I thought this team was was going to be really, really something to deal with, and they still might be. They had three three starting offensive linemen, maybe four out um, this weekend. I know the offensive line was decimated. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs there was a loss for the season with an ACL, and the guy had 18 interceptions to game of the league. That's a huge loss for them. That's wild. Still thought they'd be able to handle what's become a pesky Cardinals team. But they come in, they're 12-point 12, 12 favorites, 12-and-a-half-point favorites, and lose that game. And I was kind of like, wow, okay. And it kind of got me thinking, as much as they have the injuries and everything else, they're still the Cowboys, and they still have games like that where they just kind of shit the bet. So yeah. that was the first thing to me where I kind of thought to myself, okay, no, it's only week three, a lot can happen. But that was a team that I thought was going to win by 30 points this weekend, and they just came out, and it was an awful loss for them. Yeah, and and I think the big story coming out of that is <clears throat> what the Cardinals offense, led by Josh Dobbs and James Conner, was able to do against what people kept claiming was the best defense in the league. And, you know, obviously as 49er fans, we're going to take umbrage of, with that because we're pretty fond of our defense, you know, over here in Santa Clara. But they gave up over 200 yards on the ground and last time i checked the only guy out was trayvon diggs and i it, i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think trayvon diggs was gonna shore up a leaky run defense on sunday even if he was playing uh, but they gave up they gave up over 200 yards rushing to a cardinals team that uh, again that's essentially really all they have because josh jobs is their quarterback so you got to go into that game gearing up to stop the run and 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 to give up that that kind of performance, the the Cardinals averaged seven point two yards per carry. I guarantee Kyle Shanahan is watching that game and and just thrilled because he gets to watch the game tape from that in preparation for their next two opponents in two successive weeks. Like that's easy <laughs> easy tape study there. But I guarantee he's licking his lips, and so is Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell and. And, and I, man, obviously that's going to be a point of, uh, I guess a, a coaching point for the, for the Dallas Cowboys this week and then heading into next week, because they do play the Patriots this week who like to run the ball as well, because they also don't have a very good quarterback who as of Sunday is Turkey tapping sauce Gardner after, uh, after a tackle and just, you know, Overall, just kind of being kind of the douchebag that that most people knew him to be and thought him to be, but yeah, he sticks. Yeah, I'm excited. Sticks. Yeah, he's awful. He's awful he's, in general, he's not and then he's just not a great dude either, and that's that's part of it. But but yeah, it's it's exciting because, like I said, the 49ers major in running the football, and if the Dallas defense isn't going to be able to stop the run, it's going to be a long, long, long day for them, and. A long season because, again, we thought that this was a three-horse race for the NFC, the Cowboys, the mm -hmm. Eagles, and the 49ers. And I'm not saying that it's not, but 
even with the offensive line the way that it was, that Cardinals team, it's scrappy, but they should have been able to they should have been able to get a win and they weren't. And I think that is more a testament to the coaching staff and and I think the 49ers have an edge there for sure. And as much as Dak Prescott, I'm not I'm not saying that he's he's a bad quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but he has times and games where he does some things where you're that are head scratching. And there was a play in this game where he threw in a triple coverage for an interception in a big spot. And we've seen him against the Niners in the playoffs now two years in a row. Look shook. He's the 49ers have made him look shook. And he played a, a phenomenal playoff game the week previously last year against the Bucs. Yeah. And then he comes in against the Niners and he's shaky as the year he was before. So I really love the front seven there. Again, I was surprised with what happened, but until I can see the Cowboys go into the playoffs and play a really good defense and, and Dak step up and play a good game. As much as I was afraid of them early in the year, now I watch that game and I'm kind of like, all right, this is the Cowboys it team is. that we've seen. Yeah. Maybe not much has changed. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. So that's where I am right now is that I think I possibly give them too much credit. I think yeah. maybe I've given the, the Eagles not enough credit. I would say it's still because, the Eagles, I think. Say that again. It's still the Eagles. It is. That's it the, is. Yeah. And yeah. and they look they still look like they're finding their way to me offensively, mm-hmm. but it's still pretty damn good. And when yeah. they do get there offensively, and they will, they're going to be a lot to deal with again. DeAndre Swift looks amazing in that offense. He looks fast. He's yeah. just running up, you know, pulling off big runs. Gainwell's doing a good job. You know what AJ Brown does. You know what Devontae Smith does. And Jalen yeah. Hurts is a force. And they did a good job replenishing that defense. Jalen Carter looks like he's going to be a stud in the middle there. So it's, it's, they're going to be the team to to probably beat again. And I know that they have a tough schedule in the middle of the year, but I was looking at, at who they had coming up and, you know, we're with the Niners. We're talking about, we want the buy. That's, that's a huge thing with the Niners. You want them to have home fields. You want the NFC mm-hmm. championship game to be um, home for them. And right now the yeah. Eagles are three, and know, they play the commanders. They're at the Rams. They're at the Jets. They have to play the Dolphins, and then they're at the Commanders again. I'm excited. That's for that seven game. and one, probably at worst, going into that tough stretch that they have. And that stretch is yeah. going to be the Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys, Seahawks. So that's really tough. That's that's going to decide where they are in terms sure. of the, the playoff picture. They'll make the playoffs either way, but that'll decide where they are. But they they can go the first half of the season. They can end up seven and one. And the Niners can be right there with them. Niners can be seven and one, eight and zero as well. So those could be the two teams this year that we're really watching, like we're like we were again last year. And we'll see if Dallas can rebound from this and, and play the way they did in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, and obviously, you know, you can't discount the fact that the Dallas offense was out of sync largely because they were missing three fifths of their offensive line. It's it's going to be tough to it's going to be tough to have any level of continuity in that regard. So, you know, there is that, not that I'm here to make excuses for the Cowboys because, Hey, I will revel in any Cowboys loss that I can find, but you know, you also have to step back and, and you know, our, our job is to kind of analyze everything with, with red and gold glasses, if you will, right? Like how does this affect the 49ers and, you know, a loss to a team that you should have beat is absolutely a big deal when it comes to exactly what you talked about, which is playoff seating, right? If the 49ers end up with one more win than the than the Cowboys, then you can point to that Cardinals loss in week three and go, there you go, right there, right? Like the Cowboys could have had home field, but they lost to Arizona in week three. So, you know, it's it it it's still week three, but 
those things can come back to haunt, just like for the 49ers, their week one loss to the Bears last year, and then their week three loss to the to the Broncos as well. You could point to and go, if they win both of those games, hey, you know, they're 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 hosting the NFC championship game instead right. of going to Philadelphia. So yeah, these all early of these season games losses matter. Yeah. Can come back to bite you for sure. And the rest yeah. of the NFC, Brian, I, I just have a hard time seeing anyone else that could be a threat. The yeah. commanders were two and one, a very fake two, or five, I'm sorry, two and oh commanders would be very fake two and oh. Yeah. And then they play the Bills and get absolutely throttled. Sam Howell looks horrible. He shows four interceptions. Yeah. They could maybe get to eight or nine wins, but again, not anybody you're worried about. The Giants are in a lot of trouble. If they can't beat Seattle this week, they have two more tough games after that. They can end up one and five. I have a very hard time seeing them make, make the playoffs. The Lions are a team, if they're healthy at the end, that can surprise some people. They've won a lot of games going back to last season. Jared Goff is playing well. There's a lot of talent on offense. Ben Johnson's a terrific coordinator. You got Aiden Hutchinson on that defense. They can be a team that can surprise some people. I'm not buying Green Bay. Green Bay couldn't beat the 49ers with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> um, in the NFC South, again, there's nobody. Tampa Bay was 2-0. It was a very fake 2-0. We saw that again you know, last night when the Eagles destroyed them. Falcons don't worry me. Saints have a really good defense, but other than that, not, not afraid of them. And the NFC West is probably going to be better than we thought it was. The Rams and the Cardinals, we thought they were going to be, be the two worst teams in the league. It doesn't look that way this year. They're actually both on the positive side of the point differential, believe it or not. The only team in the yeah. NFC West that has a negative point differential is Seattle, <laughs> negative one. But <laughs> Seattle's two and one, and they look like they're going to have explosive offense again. And they'll be there in the playoff hunt. They'll be around nine, 10 wins again this season. But do I think they're a Super Bowl contender? At this point, no. Those yeah. other three teams, like you said, Eagles, Niners, and maybe Cowboys yeah. are just far and above. It's hard. A lot can happen with injuries, but it's hard for me to see at this point that the Niners have anything else to worry about in the NFC. Yeah, I, I I don't think I don't think with any level of I would say intellectual uh I, I lost the term, but anyway, you cannot really argue for any other team in the NFC other than the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Eagles, mainly because there's just not there's just not that level of talent on any of those teams. You know, I think the closest is is Detroit. I think their defense has taken a step and I think their offense isn't quite as explosive and or at the very least good as it was last year. Um, but I think they'll probably find their way back. I really like Ben Johnson as an offensive coordinator and I think they'll they'll figure it out, but you know, if, if their offense can get back to what it was last year and the defense takes the step that it did to just mediocrity at this point, it's not even, I'm not, I'm not here claiming that their defense is good. Although they did put it on the, the Falcons who, you know, had, had an efficient offense the first two weeks and just absolutely got shut down by, by Detroit, but uh, they could be a handful uh, I, you don't, you're not buying the Packers. I'm not necessarily buying them, yeah. but I think they are better than, than maybe we thought. And I think, uh, Jordan Luff is, is proving himself quite nicely for the, through these first, uh, three weeks. That was a big time comeback, uh, to score 18 points in the fourth quarter, even though they had been shut out in the first three, you mm -hmm. know, I think is a, a testament to their. I would say their culture and, and Jordan loves mindset as a quarterback. So 
Um, I like what I'm seeing from there, but but again, I don't know that they're they're at the same. Oh, I know, it's not that I don't know. They're not at the same level as the 49ers, the Eagles, or the Cowboys. So it really is a, a three horse race, and you know I think of those three horses, the Eagles and the 49ers have shown that they are probably still maybe a step ahead of of Dallas, especially with the Diggs injury and with Mike McCarthy as a head coach. <laughs> and, yeah, there's and a lot of paper tigers this, this time of year, man. So yeah, I'm not, as like I said, I wasn't buying the bucks at all. And did I tell you I started doing the FanDuel Sportsbook? No. It, dangerous for me. They give you the free $200 <laughs> and it's it's just dangerous for me. But I'm, I'm doing pretty well so far. I'm really cheap. So I'm not the type of dude who's going to bet like $150. I, I just, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm cheap. But if I can win, you know, 20 bucks here, or 30 bucks here, it makes, it makes my sure. day. So anyway, I'm not buying the bucks at all. And I'm like, all right, you have the Eagles coming off a mini buy the Thursday night game. And it was, yeah. the line was four and a half. Like the Eagles are going to win by more than four and a half. So that was one of my biggest bets this week that I did. And I, I, I did well on that. I didn't see any of the bucks were going to. Baker Mayfield against that pass rush. Come on. So I did pretty yeah. well there. And I don't know, talk to me in a few weeks to see how I'm doing, but I'm, I'm liking <laughs> it, man. I like doing the bets. I feel, I feel like I spend so much time on football. It's all I think about. I have, I guess, sort of a part-time job covering it. And like, let's see if I can make some extra money. <laughs> That's where my there head's at with it. Like so it. if any listeners out there, if you guys like any bets, let me know. Any lines. There. I like to do, they have like, you can do the anytime touchdown. And that gets dangerous during a game. So last night I'm thinking, all right, AJ Brown and Jamar Chase have not scored touchdowns yet this year. Like that's a good bet. They're gonna AJ Brown was pissed last week. They're gonna get yeah. him the ball. And they both had huge games, but neither one of them got in the end zone. So I lost no. those bets. AJ Brown dropped two <laughs> touchdowns. But I'm gonna go with it again next week. There's no way those guys can go four weeks in a row without touchdowns. I, I mean, it's yeah, the the chase thing is, I think, almost directly tied to Joe Burrow and, and that calf and, and how he's performed. But but yeah, A.J. Brown is not going to be denied four weeks in a row. I'm hard pressed to think uh, that that's going to happen. Do, do you know who they're playing next week? The Eagles, Washington. Yeah. OK. Yeah. That's an interesting game to me as well, because remember, the Eagles lost late in the season to Washington. Granted, Jalen Hurts didn't play in that game, but. Those division games are are wonky, right? I mean, yeah, just look at tricky. just just look at the 49ers and Rams, right? Where you know, people are people are thinking, hey, maybe the 49ers aren't that good because, you know, that game was 30 to whatever was it, 30 to 23? Yeah, mm -hmm. because, that's right, because it was seven and a half and <laughs> and Sean McVay kicked that last second field goal to make it seven instead of 10. But um you look at the Rams and how they played against the Bengals and you're like, maybe they aren't that good. Right. But, um, but those division games, they're, they're, they're wonky. Cause you, you don't know anybody better than, you know, your, your division opponents. So I'll be interested to see how that game goes. If they just absolutely wax the, the commanders, then again, that, that just says more to me about that team and, and, and how good they are and, and what kind of a threat they are. But I, I think the biggest storyline uh, coming out of coming out of the NFL in in week three, really is the Taylor Swift. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Although I kind of not, I'm kind of not kidding. That is a huge storyline, but that but we will never biggest, talk about. Yeah, but uh, my wife is a massive Swifty, so it's it's like it's a cross. I, li I like of, me of some key Swift. Sure. Oh, I, I do too. I do as well. Yeah, I have I have no. I her most recent album is fantastic. It's great to listen to at night. It's like nighttime listening. But anyway. Biggest storyline, football related, uh, is 
the Miami Dolphins and and my guy Mike McDaniel hanging seventy on his hometown Denver Broncos former ball boy Mike McDaniel former coach Vic Fangio absolute revenge game against uh, against the Broncos didn't even give Mike McDaniel an interview uh, two off seasons ago mainly because they knew they were going to get Nathaniel Hackett because they were just hoping that they could get Aaron Rodgers and that didn't yep. work out. But yeah, total revenge game, 726 yards of offense, uh, 70 points, which is the second most in a regular season game in NFL history. They could have tied the record. The record was 73. They absolutely could have, and they didn't. And I was like, what a, that's, that's a classy move because, you know, it was 56 to 13 and they were just running the ball and they still were just breaking off massive runs for touchdowns. So mm-hmm. I don't think McDaniel was running up the score. There was something that came out yesterday that some, you know, I saw again, that. anonymous owners garbage. were like, that's disrespectful. And I'm like, no, it's not. He did not run up the score. If he was running up the score to kick the field goal. So let's, let's put that story to bed now, but. Raheem Mostert had three touchdowns. River Craycraft, another former Niners on that team. Um, it's just, I I love watching that team play. Uh, mm. That team, now, I know that they played each other last year, and that was <clears throat> that was the the origin story for, for Brock Purdy. And I was oh, at yeah. that game, and I was terrified. And they, you know, first play of the game on offense, they score a touchdown, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a long day. And you know, the 49ers defense was able to figure it out, but this offense looks even better this year than it did last year. Tua looks incredible. Their run game looks incredible. They've got Mostert who runs a four, three. They've got Dave, uh, Devin. Now I also read, they said Devin, a chain all game. That's how I knew it. But apparently he said it's Devin, uh, a Chan. So not sure which I'm going to go with what he says, a Chan, but also runs a four three and then you've got just tyreek hill jalen waddle didn't even play in the game and they put up 70 so <laughs> it was 700 yards just wild just wild what they're what mike mcdaniel's doing down there and you know well, he's got vic fangio so he doesn't have to worry about the other side of the ball you know i think this is i i think this is a formidable formidable uh juggernaut so far through week three and could be the class of the afc this year and a, a dolphins 49er super bowl Shanahan versus McDaniel. Oh man, the storylines just write themselves. I mean, Raheem Mostert has seven total touchdowns this season already in three games. Yeah, he's he's been phenomenal. Yeah. I love Mostert. I'm, I'm glad to see it. But I, I I find myself on Sundays paying attention to the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree now because yeah. it's a thing. It's definitely yeah. a thing. You talk about Mike McDaniel and what he's doing. He looks he looks like like a football genius what he's doing with that offense. Yeah, he does. And 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 McDaniel's great. His personality is great. He's great for the league. I'm I'm really rooting for the Dolphins as much as I'm a Bills guy. I'm still rooting for the Dolphins a little bit, a little bit. And then D'Amico Ryan's gets his first win, and it D'Amico. looks like he's got a quarterback. C.J. Stroud yeah. looks really good right now. Yeah, he does. They go out there and wax Jacksonville. Stroud looks poised. He's making big time throws out there. He could be the end up being the best out of these three because Bryce Young looks lost. He was hurt, yeah. obviously, this past week, but he, he looked like a deer in the headlights his first couple of weeks. And Richardson, we don't know he's been out, but Stroud definitely looks really, really good. And then Robert Sala, who, again, you're, you're pulling for, but just yeah, you sign on with the Jets, you're going to be snake bitten because they're cursed. And he, I think he's being a little bit too headstrong with, Jet, with Zach Wilson. 
the team is going to is going to be a mutiny. Yeah, the team's had it. He's got I don't know. They tra- signed Trevor Simeon. I don't know what that's going to do. So they signed pro- their savior. They signed their savior. probably get. He's probably going to play sooner than later, but they have to do something because yeah. that team is going to implode, and it, it could end up costing him his job. Unfortunately, um, and we want to see Salah yeah. do well, but yeah, man, Kyle Shanahan, six years into the league, and in seventh season, he's already got uh, three head coaches out there that were on his staff in the coaching tree. It's, it's pretty crazy, and that are doing that are doing big things. And yeah, how how do you think you feel as a Carolina Panthers fan watching CJ Stroud light it up down in Houston and go, well, we could have had that guy. We chose. We chose Bryce Young, and it's it's such a, it's such a crapshoot. You just look at 2021 draft. I remember I was like, "There's yeah. going to be some good quarterbacks coming out of here." And I think a lot of people did. Lawrence looks like shit right now, as good as he was at the end of last year. I know he's missing his left yeah. tackle, but he doesn't look good. We know Zach Wilson's a bust. I guess Trey mm-hmm. Lance is TBD, but it certainly didn't work out for the team that drafted him. Yeah. Mac Jones sucks. Justin yeah. Fields sucks. Yeah. The wor- if, if it was 1920 and Justin Fields didn't have to throw a forward pass, it'd be great. But unfortunately, <laughs> he's playing in 2023 and he's got to throw and the listen, ball. So maybe the answer is the wishbone in, in Chicago. Like, <laughs> or lean machine. into it, guys. Just, you're not doing anything else. You might as well lean into something. Do something. Just awful. Take, a, just take advantage awful. Of, of something. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and the solo thing is interesting. Like you said, they brought Simeon in. I still think the answer is Kirk Cousins. The the Vikings are now 0-3. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I feel like one more loss and you call them and you're like, listen, we'll give you the first round pick that we didn't have to give up, that we won't have to give up for Rodgers, right? Because that was they gave up a conditional first, right? It was a second or it's a conditional first. Um, which they'll get back. That that they'll get back because Rodgers isn't gonna meet the the stipulation. So We'll give you that. Uh, give us Kirk Cousins, and if I'm Minnesota, why not? Your Cousins isn't Cousins isn't going to be there next season. Uh, you're, you've got four losses already. The likelihood that you make the playoffs is pretty low. You might as well get an extra first round pick, and you never know. Maybe that could be something that you know ends up being uh, a way for you to get up and and draft a, a new quarterback, right? Caleb Williams, Drake May, there's some de- there's some solid talent coming out. Um, there's also a lot of teams that I think have firepower to do that. The the Bears are going to have two first round picks, their own, and the Panthers, which could end up being better than what I thought, which was the Cardinals, who also have two, which is their own, and the Texans. Both the Cardinals and the Texans look better, at least through three weeks, than any of us thought that they would. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it could be. That gets you, you know, again, up to one or two to try and draft a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. So um, if I'm the Vikings, I absolutely listen, especially if the Jets are are uh, are offering a first. But speaking of trades, this is another thing that I wanted to to bring up and just talk about a little bit. And it goes back to that Dolphins game where the uh, Broncos just absolutely got embarrassed. You know, uh, I, I don't. A, I don't understand how they didn't just uh, lock Vance Joseph between the doors to the hotel room, rookie of the year style, like Daniel Stern when he gets caught in there and rookie of the year. I don't know why they didn't that didn't do that and just leave him in Miami because how do you continue to employ that guy after after the first three weeks of of this season? I just I I don't understand. But if they continue to just implode the way that they are. 
uh, a, uh, a fellow 49ers Twitter, Dennison, uh, tweeted out on Sunday that this week we're starting the Pat Sertan agenda in, on 49ers Twitter, and I'm here for it. I, I think if they can, uh, if Pat Sertan becomes available, I think the 49ers absolutely need to, need to make that move happen. Because here's the thing, Pat Sertan is, uh, has, still has two more years on his rookie deal and then a fifth-year option. Mooney Ward only has this season left and I think an option for next season. Mm-hmm. So yep. if you can bring in Pat Sertan for this season, and now you have Sertan and Mooney out on the corners, uh, this defense gets that much better. The thing is, if, if, he, if he does become available, there's going to be a lot of teams that are that are interested, contenders Cow- and Cowboys. non-contenders alike, right? The Cowboys, yeah. You know, there's going to be lots. So, if the 49ers are going to engage and hope to win, they're it's going to cost because they have their first round pick. But you and I are both pretty confident that that pick is going to be in the high 20s at least, right? If not 31 mm-hmm. or 32. Yep. And so, offering that isn't enough right so what would that look like and and would this the the question i have is would this regime be willing to invest that kind of capital in a cornerback because they haven't really shown that they're willing to do that a ton although they did it with mooney ward and and i think they would be willing to and not only that but pat sertan costs like six million dollars this year and then the next two and then again it's the it's the fifth year option but right i think that move would be incredible you know, I, I tweeted out about it and, and some people are like, I'd prefer to, to get a right tackle. I'd prefer to get, you know, a, a defensive end. But I, I just think I think a premier corner opposite Mooney Ward turns this defense into just a juggernaut more than it already is. And so, man, I'd be pumped if that would happen. I mean, the Broncos got to tear it down, but I don't even know if they can do that with Wilson's contract. He's got an $85 million dead cap hit next year. In 49 million mm-hmm. year after. What a disaster. What a disaster. And then yeah. then they have an out after that. So they may be stuck with that. But yeah, that looks like a complete teardown job. Yeah, the Niners have shown that that they'll be aggressive. We saw it with Emmanuel Sanders. We saw it with Christian McCaffrey, that they'll be aggressive in season. So I can absolutely see them addressing something like that. But I would have to, if there's a weakness on this team right now, it's the right side of the offensive line. And that's kind of where, where my mind goes to. If they can get Sertan, I think they jump to do it for sure. I think they would be involved and they would they would they would see what see what the Broncos want if he becomes available. But the right side of the offensive line is it's a little bit scary to me right now for San Francisco with uh, Burford and, and McKivitz there. So we'll see. I think they're I think that they're going to do something because they've proven that, that that's what they do. They're they're aggressive in season, but but we'll see what that is. You know, and and it's really gonna. It really will depend on where they're at by Halloween, right? Halloween is the is the trade deadline, mm-hmm. and that was, you know, the 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 catalyst for the for the Emmanuel Sanders trade was their undefeated record or their one loss record when they made that trade, and then last year they made the McCaffrey trade, and the catalyst was oh shit, like we're not great. Trey's out like we need we need something to kickstart us and McCaffrey's available so you know I we're already past that point so then again it becomes like hey are we 
by Halloween, are, are, are we a one-loss team? Are we a, a still an undefeated team? And I think just that alone would be motivation enough for them to look around and be like, who's available? Let's go get it. You know, and as far as right the right side of the line goes, I'm hard-pressed to think there's any teams that are going to be in a spot where they'd be willing to, to get rid of what would amount to an upgrade at right tackle, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously somebody has to be there for that to be what, you know, what they do, but, uh, you know, it's hard to know. But if not, then what I would just suggest for Colton McKibbitz is just to start to employ the Lane Johnson uh, false start method where you just false start every Get started play two seconds then, early. Right. And then, and then for, I don't know how Lane Johnson, I don't know if he pays the refs. I don't know what he does, but it's obvious that there's something there because it's ridiculous. It's absolutely comically ridiculous how often it happens and how often it never gets called. And it's frustrating, but Hey, Colton McKivitz, just start, just start fall starting. It's going to help you with your pass protection. And apparently that's not a penalty in the NFL anymore. All right, Brian, did we want to do this Purdy ranking thing we were talking about? Uh, yeah, I mean, and we could just look at the NFC uh, if we, you know, if we don't want to do, if we don't want to do the whole NFL, but I, it's, it's a fun, you know, I, I think it's a fun little thought experiment about, and, and that's the other thing is I, I think if we're talking ranking, we're talking right now, right? After week three. Oh, you want to do right. Okay. Cause that's yeah. a little different. If you, if you say right now, like Joe Burrow's hurt, but obviously you're going to take Joe Burrow right. after, over Purdy. Right. So, all right. Well, let's see where we go. Let's, let's do, do it and let's, let's, let's see what happens. So, okay. Okay. I'll go through. Let's do the whole FL, we'll, NFL. Let's it do it. Take that long. Let's do all it. right. We'll start in the AFC and go down to a. Uh, I think to, uh, uh, you got to put to, uh, yeah, hundred percent. He's got to be top 10. He's got to be top 10. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. No, I so, would say to, uh, looks yeah. insane right now with the yeah. yardage he puts up and, but yeah, absolutely. You have to take, you yep. have to take to a top 10 Josh Allen, not even a discussion. Yep. Top five. Uh, Mac Jones. Absolutely not. And um, do we want to say Aaron Rod Aaron Rodgers is not currently anything, right? Yeah, I you can't even really do Aaron Rodgers because we don't okay. a know if he's gonna play again. I mean, it sounds like he is. Obviously, I think he's motivated to, but talking about a 41-year-old quarterback who's coming from a ruptured Achilles. I don't know. Yeah. And Zach Wilson is a disgrace to the sport of football. Yes. So obviously he's <laughs> not. Desha- Deshaun Watson. Uh yeah, Purdy is better than Deshaun Watson right now. Right now, I would agree. Kenny Pickett, absolutely not. Better. Lamar. Uh, I would take Lamar. 100%, me too. Yeah. I still have to take Burrow. He I agree. He could be healthy I, next yeah. week. Like, you can't not. Yep. I know he hasn't yeah. played super well this year, but, yeah, there's too, there's too much and, proof there to go anywhere. And I said, and I said this last year, and, and I still believe it. Like, Burrow, when it comes to quarterbacks in the NFL – Burrow is the one that I think Brock most favorably compares to in that Burrow is a superstar because of what's between his ears, not because of his physical gifts. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Right. You know, he has a bit of a stronger arm than, than Purdy does, but I don't think it's by a ton. Uh, But Burrow, you know, Burrow is Mr. Cool. And that's really where Purdy excels as well. So, you know, I would I would take Burrow because he has proven it more and 
has won a national championship and has been to a Super Bowl. Like I, I absolutely am taking Burrow, but I really do feel like Burrow is the is the closest comparison in my eyes in the NFL currently to Brock Purdy in terms of the level that Purdy could could ascend to, um, you know, if he continues to play that he is. Yeah. Richardson and Stroud, we, we have no idea either way. Yeah. It's TBD, so you got to just yep. kind of throw them off to the side. So you you wouldn't take them over Purdy at, at this no. point. Ryan Tannehill, I think the no. Titans can't get rid of him soon enough. No way there. And then Trevor Lawrence. I would still still take Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence. Um, I, I think a lot of what's going on down there is more... I would say, I don't want to say culture, but I would say, I think Doug Peterson needs to take over play calling from here on out. I think it should be Peterson who plays call or plays calls, who calls plays down there. And I think once Peterson takes over play calling, I think you'll see Lawrence's play tick up. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that his his play currently is largely due to poor play calling. And once Peterson takes over, I think we're gonna see uh, more positive play out of out of Lawrence so I would still take Trevor Lawrence over Brock Purdy but I don't think it's like a slam dunk like it was at the end of last season I think I agree with that I think I'm on the same page with you there Mahomes not a discussion obviously you take no. him yeah Herbert not a discussion obviously no. take Herbert dude dude was 40 of 47 this past week wild and some of those throws that he ripped off you're just like that is un. he's that's so, disgusting. so ridiculously talented that's I just disgusting. hope they don't waste his career with that Schmuck of a head coach he's got. Yeah. Um, yeah. Russell Wilson, not in 2023, my no. friends. Absolutely nope. not. I am not taking Russell um, Wilson. Jimmy Garoppolo. Also and not taking you, Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> did you? Was that not just a vintage Jimmy game the other night? Picked he, in the middle of the field. Just another interception. Picked, You're like, what is he to doing? End the game. Picked to end the game. Yeah. Uh, who was it? It was Garoppolo, Cousins, and... Um, who else threw a pick to end the game? Garoppolo Cousins I, and I can't think of the other one was. There was another one, but yeah, I was like, oh, brutal. But All right, uh, so that's st- yeah, Jimmy seven Jimmy in leads, the AFC, we would take over him. Jimmy leads the NFL in interceptions this year. No big deal. He's got six, right? Yeah. That's insane. I'm not surprised, but Two a game, All right, baby. seven quarterbacks we take over pretty in the AFC. Let's look at the NFC. Yep. Hurts. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um Sam Howell, no. No. Daniel Jones, no. No. I'm not taking Dak Prescott over Brock Purdy. I'm not. I'm not, and I'm not even being a homer. Um, I'm just not. I don't, I don't, I know that he has played well and he has stretches of good play, but mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not taking Dak because I feel like Purdy has already shown more in the postseason than Dak ever has. And that counts for something for me. So I would, I would take Brock Purdy over Dak Prescott for a multitude of reasons, not the least of which is $900,000 versus however much he makes, which is a lot. It's over 40, yeah. I think. I feel like you have to look at this as just like they all make the same amount of money. And I would, you know still, I mean? take yeah. still take Brock. Yeah. You still take Brock. I would still take Brock. So I have this weird, like maybe category, <laughs> which is going to have, you're not going to be surprised the quarterbacks that are in it. And I'm going to put Dak there. So I'm for me, I'm going to put him off to the side for right now. But so okay. we definitely have eight quarterbacks over Purdy. Yep. And Dak is kind of in, in, in limbo over here. Jordan Love. Haven't seen a lot for him, but I 
I like Purdy better than him. Yeah, but I like Love. I've liked what he's done so far. Yeah, so so far so good. Justin yeah. Fields, absolutely not. Purdy got so much hype coming into the season. He couldn't throw the ball last year. He still can't throw the ball. It was just yeah. a perfect fantasy football culture is what it was. He's putting up points. He's got all these highlight plays. And everybody's like, oh, he's ready to break out. They still couldn't win a game. He still couldn't complete a pass at the end of a game <laughs> to, to yeah. help them win. And, and he can't do it again this year. Fields, yeah. Fields is going to maybe end up elsewhere next year. And the Bears will, who, who knows, maybe they take one of these other quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so I I feel like I um, I made friends by saying I would take, uh, I would take, Brock Purdy over Dak Prescott. I think I'm going to lose those same friends by saying right now, right now, I would probably take Cousins over Purdy. But it's okay. it's getting tougher by the game that Purdy plays. But as it stands right now, um, Cousins I, I goes in that weird that weird purgatory. It, it is. It's a push he's, almost. He's more. He's. He puts up big numbers. He can throw the football, but you see what he did at the end of that game. It was panic. Yeah. Yeah. We've never seen Brock Purdy do not to this point. That's why to me, even though cousins on the surface, you know, talent wise, whatever is probably better than Brock. When the intangibles come into it, when the big game comes into it, I I don't know. So right now for me, he's in that weird category. And, and I would, I, I, and I would genuinely say, I would probably trust Brock Purdy in a big game more than I would trust Kirk Cousins. And I Agreed. don't feel like that is, Agreed. I don't feel like that's a hot take. Jared Goff. Purdy. I'm putting him in the pur- in purgatory for right. Just for, just for right now. Is that Purdy Tory? What? The, 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 the Purdy Tory <laughs> category. Uh, Derek Carr, I'd rather have Purdy. Purdy, yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Purdy. No question, Purdy. Desmond Ritter. Purdy. Absolutely Purdy. Uh, Bryce Young, we'll put him in TBD. Uh, you're obviously yeah. going to take Purdy over him for the, at the moment. Um, Geno Smith. I, I would – has Geno Smith been playing well? Absolutely. I just – I don't know. I'm still not sold on him. You know, I think he's – I think he's as much of an unknown still as Brock Purdy is just because, again – was was he elite last year? Sure, yeah, he played really, really well. Um, mm. But it's still, it to me, there's still some there's still some proof that needs to be uh, needs to be put on tape before I can before I can say, yeah, he is a different quarterback now than he was his first what seven seasons in the NFL or however long it was. Yeah. All right, I'm going to put him off to the side, and I'll, I'll tell you why with these guys in a second. Josh Dobbs, obviously no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to say Kyler Murray? I'd still take Purdy because Murray I would still take Purdy on the way yeah. down. Yeah. On uh, Matthew Stafford. I would take Stafford. 100%. I would take Stafford. Yeah. Yep. Me too. Yeah. So we have definitely nine quarterbacks Tua, mm-hmm. Allen, Lamar, Burrow, Lawrence, Mahomes, Herbert, Hurts, Stafford that we take over Purdy. Yep. We have four quarterbacks. And you said you take Cousins over him, but. I think these four all fall into that where you could make an argument. Sure. You can make an argument for Dak. You can make an argument for Cousins. You can make an argument for Goff. You can make an argument for Smith. And people mm-hmm. listening to this show, some of you will say, well, Cousins is better than him. And some of you guys are saying you're crazy. He's not. Everybody's. I think everybody on those four are going to have varied opinions. 
So I think he could be top 10 right now, Purdy, or you could make the argument he's 15. But it's right, hard at for his me. Lowest. At his lowest, yeah. And it's no. hard for me to argue that he's any lower than 15. So right now, I, yeah, there's nothing wrong with being a top 15 QB. Absolutely nothing. Right now, I think at worst, he's top 15. And at best, if you really love him and you think he's better than those guys we put in the purdy court, the pur- I can't even say it, the pur- purdy tory category, um, <laughs> then you would put him top 10. But either way, yeah. it's an incredible story. Yeah, it's an incredible story at, at 10. It's an incredible story at 15. Either, yeah, agreed. Have agreed. that conversation right now, but it's where we are. I love it. So. I love it. All right, Brian, I know you want to thank somebody for sending you something before we get out of here. So, yeah. So the other win that I had this Sunday is, um, I don't know if you guys uh, on the video back here, uh, I've got George Kittle over my shoulder here. Foco sent me, uh, this George Kittle bobblehead. It's a, it's a slime zone bobblehead. So he's got the, the Nickelodeon, uh, blimp as a football holding it in his hands. And uh, it's just a George Kittle bobblehead. And thank you to Foco for, for sending that out. Uh, they had asked uh, David and the Web Zone to help them promote. They have, uh, they have two bobbleheads coming out, two giant bobbleheads coming out, one of Christian McCaffrey and one of Debo Samuel. And uh, they had asked David if, if he would help promote that on the Web Zone. And David was like, yeah, what's in it for us? we're like can we get those bobbleheads and like well it's a production order right now so you can pre-order those bobbleheads if you go to foco.com um so we can't give you those but we do have a george kittle slime zone and i was like i'm good and i was like is it free then it's for me and so there we go and they said it it got delivered on sunday i thought that was pretty cool but uh yeah again thank you to foco for for sending the george kittle bobblehead that will sit over there uh, over my shoulder as we continue to talk Niner football all season. I love it. Yeah, that's foco.com, F-O-C-O.com. And they are going to send us with bobbleheads, Brian, just not until they Yes, they are. Yes. So we'll we'll, yeah, uh, just we'll when show those on the show when, when, uh, when we get those. I don't know if we're getting McCaffrey or Debo or one or the other. I don't know. But we'll definitely show everybody when we get them and tell you where you can get yours when we get those. And if so it's, thanks to Foco and if it's one of each. If it's one of each, you and I will will Rochambeau for uh, which one we want, unless there you go. Unless we unless we decide that uh, each one of us wants a different one. Brian and I love oh. free shit though. There nobody oh, loves man. free shit more than me. About no, like, yeah, three ninety nine so, is my is my favorite price. Three ninety nine. We it's we online. will advertise anything if you send it to us for free. <laughs> we don't even care. What we're easy. <laughs> we're so easy. I have a just a pile of free shit. I love it. I love it. So if you want, if you want, if you want to advertise something on uh 49ers web zone, no huddle podcast, just send it to me and Brian for free and we'll advertise it. This up and we will advertise the shit out of <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Later. Nine is on three. One, two, three. Nine! Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.